You're listening to Customer Growth Sessions, presented by Intergrowth, where we talk through strategies to help up-and-coming e-commerce businesses bring in more customers. I'm your host, Pat Ahern. Let's jump in. Okay, listeners, welcome back. Today, I am thrilled to have a guest on who actually is living right in my neighborhood in Sweden these days. I want to introduce you to the founder and senior marketing consultant, uh, Niels Nordstrom over at Flax Digital. So Niels, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on, Pat. My I'm, pleasure. Uh, sitting in the in the office space where we you know first met in the office space that we share, Helio here in Stockholm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you give the intro about yourself in a minute here. Uh, but you're obviously a, a wide-ranging digital marketing consultant. You have experience in a lot of different realms. Today, we're going to focus really on like Facebook slash meta ads. Uh, but selfishly, I do want to see if I can have you back on later to speak to LinkedIn ads in particular, just because it's an area that mm. you've actually helped our business personally with to such a large mm. degree. Uh, mm. Maybe for that one, we can even do the recording in the uh, the podcast studio. We can test that one out yeah. instead of me being remote. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's aim awesome. for it. But yeah, jumping in, you would love to have you just give an overview to the audience. Tell us a little about yourself and how did you get started with Flax Digital? Yeah, cool. So we started four and a half years ago, basically. It's 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 a company that I started together with the, my girlfriend. Uh, and basically, we we lived in Australia for, for uh, two years together. Uh, worked at different startups. Um, and basically as in-house marketing, uh, performance marketing specialists. And I also ventured into sort of a, 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 a more general marketing manager role there in Australia. But coming back from Australia, we felt that we wanted to, you know, instead of going into an employment, we wanted to keep, you know, see if we could continue working what we did within in Australia, but rather on sort of a consultancy side and, and have our own business rather than going into an employment. and also maintaining the possibility to uh, not be bound to a specific spot, uh, be able to travel and work a bit remote. So that was the, the sort of the goal with the company as we, we started it. Uh, and we've been helping a lot of you know, different companies throughout these four and a half years. It's been B2B companies, uh, D2C companies, e-commerce businesses. Um, and yeah, it's a really thrilling space to be in because it's applicable to a lot of different areas and still feels highly relevant um, to this day. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the big things I wanted to to speak to is, you know, picturing that smaller business e-commerce setup, you know, whether it's a solo founder or, you know, a founder that has maybe a team of three to five people working with them, helping them to better assess Facebook slash meta ads and doing some things that'll help them to be more profitable with that investment that they're either already making or looking to make in the future. So with that, I'd love to hear from you. Let's say I'm running a e-commerce business right now. Why should I be investing in Facebook ads? Yeah, so it's 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 a great question. And obviously, like Facebook, I mean, if we just look at the, the traffic acquisition landscape today, there's basically like... When it comes to an e-commerce brand, you're talking to consumers. There's still like the two major players, which is Google and, and, and Meta Ads. It's where you find majority of your, your digital users. I mean, Meta still has 3.85 billion users worldwide. Um, 
only in Sweden, you know, 80, 85% of the population above eight years old is on Facebook. 65% is on, on Instagram. So there's a lot of people to be reached there. And um, there's a lot of new platforms coming up as well. TikTok, you have Be Real, you have Snapchat. Uh, on the business to business side, you have LinkedIn, as you mentioned. But um, but so really, it's like I would sort of revert the question: What's the risk of not being on Facebook on Instagram if you're a, if you're an e-commerce brand today? Um, yeah, it's it's really one of the platforms you'd prioritize if if you're looking to build a brand and and fill up your sort of top funnel new customers really, and it, it works as a great support in that specific you know stage of your customer journey. So one of the things that I wanted to really dive into today, I want to put you on the spot and give you a more tangible example that we can look at. Um, you know, I'm, let's say, running a smaller e-commerce business. Uh, let's say I, I have the example of a pillow company on my mind right now. Clearly, I, I need to get a better night's sleep if that's the first thing on my mind. Uh, but let's say I'm, I'm running a pillow company right now. I'm doing, you know, maybe 250 to 500,000 US in annual revenue. Um, solo founder, you know, maybe one or two employees at my side, but I'm really looking to get started with Facebook ads. Um, plan initially is I'll plan on running it on my own, you know, and figure out the approach from there. But what advice would you give for me if I'm looking to just get started with Facebook ads today? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you're just getting started, it's, it's really, it's really important to get the, the foundations right. And with the foundations, I mean, Obviously, getting the tracking correctly set up. If you're sort of a small e-commerce business, maybe you're using a, a platform like Shopify. Um, so there's a lot of direct integration possibilities between your business manager account and your Shopify account. So you can set up catalog feeds uh, just by a couple of clicks, basically, using the, the API. And you can set up also the necessary events that you need to be tracking in, in Meta for to run a, a successful campaign. And those are... The standard ones that you want to be looking at is basically, obviously, page views to be able to track anyone who lands on your page. But then maybe view content. Somebody clicks through to view one of your products. And then obviously, uh, someone who adds to cart. Um, and then after adding to cart, they might initiate the checkout process. And obviously, the most important one is the, the, the purchase event. And once you have that set up, you might want to allocate some budget to start driving some traffic and testing out to see what you know what you might be able to expect from the platform and if you dive into the sort of the facebook ads manager in um uh yeah basically the the platform or the back end of it you're going to be faced with like three columns you have the campaign section and then the ad set section and then the ads section um and basically i'll just talk a little bit quickly through each different steps because it also has evolved a lot throughout the years but basically, in the campaign section, you you choose whether you want to focus on you know brand awareness, you want to get engagement, you want to do conversions or sales, you might want to do leads. I would say in an early stage, your main priority would be to drive some initial uh, you know as high intent traffic as you can. You I would re highly recommend that even though you're new, you should try to focus on a conversion based campaign. So in that section, I would I would keep my focus on on conversions. It might be difficult for you to initially optimize for the purchase event because the way it works is there's a learning phase to all the campaigns. 
and they're usually they're looking to get within seven days uh, if you come up to 50 conversions for the event that you're optimizing for you've exited your learning phase and your goal should be to be able to exit your learning phase uh, as quickly as possible to reduce cost and improve targeting basically so if you're new and if your budgets are low i might want to start with optimizing for a higher funnel event that might be view content or that might be add to cart purchase might be a bit sort of far off in the beginning uh, but then sort of when we left left the campaign phase, basically you're in the ad set phase where you build your audience and i would say i mean a lot has happened in this section since within the last sort of four years you had the ios update 2021 uh, or year 2021, the 14.5 iOS update uh, that basically made it possible for people to check out from tracking. So Meta lost a lot of, of data uh, on their users. And since uh, since then, but also even before, audiences, they tend to prefer to use a broad audience and let the algorithm sort of do the, the main work. So uh, less of the work has gone from sort of your ad set optimization and more has moved into your ad optimization, the content basically. Uh, but with that said, let's say that you're, um, if you're selling pillows, your audience is, is broad. I mean, you're going to be targeting, unless it's a super expensive pillow, that's going to make you go from sleeping six hour pad to, to like 15 hours. And it's, it's very highly expensive that you might want to target a bit higher sort of age brackets. But other than that, I would keep it fairly broad. I would do 18 to 65 plus. I would, um, there's basically a new feature that Meta just launched like two weeks ago is that they have the audience suggestion combi combined with a sort of automated uh, audience targeting, basically. So what you might do is that you might fill in some, some sort of initial interests um, and Meta will use those at first, but then initially we'll basically use sort of the algorithm to expand and try to find who's ever relevant. Um, and it's expanding based off of your conversion event. So it's going to be optimizing for people that are highly likely to view either content or add to cart to make a purchase. So obviously the further down you can optimize in the funnel, the higher quality for the targeting. So I would recommend starting broad. I would actually recommend doing one basically in that early stage, if you have a low budget, you can use what's called basically a, uh, an ASC campaign, basically an automated shopping campaign, because uh, it mixes your retargeting and your prospecting into one. Uh, otherwise, if you've got more budget to spend and you want to have higher sort of transparency and insight into how much you're spending on new customers versus your, your old customers or existing customers or previous website visitors, you might want to split the two audiences. But early on, we might uh, we might combine the two uh, in an automatic shopping campaign. Um, and so, so once we finish the ad set section, basically we go into the ads section. And this is where I would say these days, like 85% of the optimization is, is in this part for Meta. Uh, the content, the actual ad is going to be what's going to optimize your campaign, make sure that you reach the right people. So, and here there's obviously, there's obviously no set rule for which ad is going to, you know, provide you with the best uh, results. So there's obviously a lot of guidelines and there's a lot of examples to go off of, but 
it's important to keep you know a creative mindset and not get stuck in too much competitor analysis just trying to you know do a lot of testing and see what what works really um so uh if you get a low budget i would recommend that you start off initially with having maybe three to five ads uh, you might want to have some variety in them you might want to do one that's just a static image uh with some unique selling points you got to remember that these are new clients they haven't they don't know of your brand yet they don't know of your product yet uh, but we're still looking to get them to the page and maybe want to even add cards so we're gonna it's gonna be important that we push hard on on our uh, unique selling points and um and then also uh, make sure that it's an image that clearly sort of you know defines the product or what you're looking to get if you sort of click through to this link you you gotta be clear that it's a pillow company so that's yeah um i'd recommend to do either one or two versions of, of videos um you can try to do something you know either in a studio or a bit higher quality i mean that might be a bit expensive but you don't have to get stuck in thinking that it needs to be sort of top the, the absolute best quality it, sometimes it's sufficient that you know using your iphone um and testing different sort of you know creative ways of of displaying how this uh, pillow is better than any other pillow uh but then another way of getting video materials is using you know your network maybe using some some of your clients to provide you with a a, a video uh, it's called UGC sort of user generated content which has been uh, you know taking up a larger part of of uh, ads these days especially driven by the big trend with TikTok. So I would see if I can get some one UGC ad into your prospecting mix. Uh, and then there's options to do like carousel ads, basically having, if you have multiple products, you can display them in a carousel. They haven't performed really well sort of the last three days, but in the last year, I've actually seen some clients having some success with it. So if you're selling more, more versions of pillows or just like more products, that might be one way to display it. Um, and then obviously have you have instant experiences with where you build a shop within the Facebook and Instagram app. Uh, it can be good if you want to sort of introduce your brand and the different products that you're selling. You just got to be wary of Meta is probably going to prioritize that ad above others because it's, it keeps users active in the Meta, in the Facebook or, or Instagram app for a longer time. So that might be, you know, getting disproportional amount of spend, uh, but might not be the one sort of converting best uh, into sales. So, yeah, and uh, and then basically, you know, try to set up a, a rule for yourself and a process to have at least one. I mean, ideally, you'd have three to five new creatives every second or third week. That might be difficult in the early stage where you're, you know, you're low on capacity, you're limited on time. So what you might want to do then is just like set a rule for yourself that okay at least once a week we'll come up with one new ad um and try to sort of but then again like if your if your campaign is performing well from the different kpis that you want to be measuring and we can talk a bit about those kpis later but um you shouldn't sort of switch off or change just for the for the cost of, of, of changing the, uh, the ad because like they tend to perform better over time so be patient and if it's performing you know just leave it be but you can still add new ads if you'd wish 
because uh, they might, you know, improve performance. But if you have one that's performing really well, you can just basically leave it there. Um, yeah, sorry, that's a lot of information <laughs> in, in, in short time, but I'm having really, I have a difficult, you know, just uh, not doing the full thing once I get started. So, yeah, ask questions or, or let's break it up. I've, Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I was going to say that was phenomenal. Um, so I'm I'm way oversimplifying a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge bombs that you're dropping there, and I hope listeners rewind that you know ten minutes and just listen to that again because there was so much gold that you just packed into like the past ten minutes. Let's uh, yeah, yeah. let's try and unpack that a little bit. So I I'm oversimplifying some of the the big takeaways I had from that, and then I'll you know I'll, uh, share some follow up questions within that. But one of the the first I guess I would say takeaways that I had from that is my oversimplistic understanding is, you know, hey, when you're running meta ads, expect that for those first 50 conversion events, that you're probably not going to see the best ROI relative to what you might be seeing a few months down the road, but expect to do quite a bit of experimentation, give meta time to collect data and start to auto optimize for you as you go along and really use that first mm -hmm. You know, whether it's a, a 30 day window or a 60 day window to collect as much data you can about different ad sets. Um, oversimplified, yeah. but is that a fair, fair summary of that? Yeah, no, no, that's a, a really important point that, you know, initially you're, you're not going to see, you know, these days, very few companies see a positive ROAS within, within the first sort of couple of months. I would say, like, if you're going to start with this, have a time period of three months where you basically test your 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 campaign structure, your product fit and the different ads and your audiences. Uh, but sort of have in mind that you're, you know, leave some some space for having a bit of a, a negative ROI for um, a period at least. I think one of one of the follow up concerns that would come to mind for me running this pillow company probably working a lot of hours, uh, making the time to set up Facebook ads, is, Facebook ads, meta ads um, is certainly something I want to prioritize, but something I also need to be mindful of how many hours am I putting into it per week? Uh, so for this, this uh, founder who is really strapped for time, if you had to narrow the focus to maybe one or two different types of ad creatives to start out to really get their campaign off the ground for testing, what would you recommend there? What do you typically see works best? Yeah, so um, I would I would say that obviously the 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 easiest one to start with is just a static image of your product. Maybe add some copy to that image, basically displaying the uniqueness and your your key selling points. Um, if you can do like two versions of that, it doesn't have to be you know a huge difference between the two. But maybe you want to test out like what types of of uh, unique selling points works better. Um, that's that's an easy way to start. Um, and then I've seen a lot of you know early days for companies where there's like a sole founder or one or two founders. I've seen examples where the founder story it doesn't necessarily have to be in a video format, but just having the the founder talking about or just the founder being on an image uh, combined with the product and maybe some personal text about like how did you come to create this product and why i think the the formulating the, the issue that you're trying to address and solve with your product and doing that with you know actually being the one representing the product in the ad that has been very successful 
the typical name for it is, is the founder story. And usually it's, it's also a great way to, to do a video format ad, but initially you can try to do it as a static image. So basically three, two versions of your product with some unique selling points and maybe one image for yourself is, is, is there and you, you might be holding a pillow, you might be throwing a pillow. I don't know. It depends on what sort of angle you want to take with your brand. But my recommendation is be creative. I mean, early days, you might, a lot of, I, I meet a lot of founders and a lot of, uh, you know, CMOs these days that, that are still very sensitive to like, what damage could this do to my brand if I send out a, a, an ad that's, you know, not aligned with our brand guidelines. And uh, I think a lot of people tend to sort of overstress the effect of that ad like the, the bad impact basically because the, the the upside of doing uh, you know something new creatively is that you might end up selling at you know 12 times uh, your your input so um yeah i think like really adapting your creative mindset is, is really important in those early days uh, but statics works really well and i think like having three versions of statics can be a good start Absolutely. And I, I love that because especially in those early days, one of those competitive advantages can be that oftentimes that willingness to like push the envelope a little bit because you get a more mm. established business that, you know, is doing, you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions in annual revenue. You know, at that point, they're going to have their legal department that's probably reviewing a lot of those ads, making sure that they're not saying anything too risque. So in those early stages, yeah, if you can push the envelope a little bit, it gives you a really great chance to stand out and have some of those 10x performing ads. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, with with the whole UGC trend that you're seeing in these platforms today, there's, uh, I mean, it's obviously good for those people starting off early because it's, it's, uh, it's not necessarily a competitive advantage to do a full studio, you know, 100k budget video. It's not necessarily that 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 video that will perform so i mean meta is great for 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 that stage company because because it's um you know it gives a lot of opportunities without necessarily having to spend a lot of money but again you gotta you gotta understand that the first couple of months you're gonna be you're gonna have to see it as an investment and you gotta have to sort of you know be willing to to, to test things and not sort of stop just like the second week because you're not seeing the results that you were expected so have some leverage for for um you know a bit of a trial period absolutely and now when it comes to investing in meta ads how do you typically think about recommending that businesses either have the founder manage those ads in-house you know hiring a contractor to manage it for them hiring that agency or actually hiring a full-time employee for it are there certain you know budget thresholds or certain trends that you see that lead you to indicate one or the other for certain businesses so i think it depends a lot on on you as a founder like if you're if you're strong within the product field or product development area uh, or are you like really good with design uh, or are you generally like a, a really good data analyst um i think it depends on like yeah, depending on your profile, where you should put your focus. But obviously, in those early days, you gotta you gotta do a little bit of of everything. You gotta wear a lot of hats. Um, so I would say, like initially, I think you can do a lot by just looking at YouTube videos, reading on blogs, uh, to get your sort of 
first setup in your meta account, especially if you're starting with a smaller budget. You can do a lot by yourself if you are willing to take the time. But also getting some, I, I think one way I, when I get sort of some sort of requests from very early stage companies that have little budget and might not be able to pay like for, for me to spend a full, full, uh, you know, month working with them uh, i might you know offer like okay i'll give you an uh, a, you know two hours of advisement i might do a bit of an audit on your business and i might might give you some recommendations and i would think that's that's a really i think that's a really good way to start you might invest in like buying two hours of a senior consultant just to get that first sort of you know it's the strategy right because it can be expensive if you if you if you start off on the wrong foot and you keep doing that for a longer period of time so yeah, I would say like try to do as much as you can uh, on your own and and just find research online. There's a lot a lot of stuff that can help you online and just go to go to YouTube. Uh but if you feel like it's it's tight on time and you're you know, I would say if you're going to start do it, do it properly. Like for at least like 3 months you should be able to, you know, go in and check the account every second day and you know, at least have prepared to launch new ads every like second or third week uh, and be, you know, be willing to make that investment for a minimum of three months, I would say. Absolutely. In building upon that, you know, so one of, certainly one of the big costs that'll come into play, you know, if you do handoff meta ads management to a third party is you're going to take on some level of management fees, you know, a lot of different pricing models that come into play. Some individuals or some companies will charge hourly for that. Some will charge a percentage of monthly ad spend. Let's say I'm that founder though, you know, maybe the business is, is continuing to grow. Meta ads aren't something that I'm really passionate about. It's not a space that I like truly understand. At what point in terms of, you know, maybe monthly ad spend, would you say that it's a, a viable investment for me to start handing that off to an expert? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. And it's, it's obviously, it varies a bit. Like if, if you're, you might be starting with a smaller budget, but you have really aggressive growth goals. So, so you might grow targets. You might start off with a smaller budget the first month, but then and you may take the investment with a consultant, but as sort of, you know, budget will hopefully scale over time. Because ideally what would happen when you get a consultant is your performance is going to get better because they have a lot of experience and know how to sort of steer the campaigns in the right direction. So ideally we'd scale that account and the budget with it. I would say if you're spending less than, if you're spending less than, I would say a thousand dollars a month, um, I mean, paying ten to thirty percent of that to uh, a consultant might be a bit, uh, a bit large portion of your your total budget. Although at that level, it might definitely be worthwhile to spend, you know, just uh, like two hundred dollars to get a like a, a one hour sort of strategy uh, and maybe audit from a senior consultant. Um, but but a full on management fee for uh, for a sort of uh, on a monthly basis, I would say that that might start in the uh, somewhere in between spending uh, you know uh, two thousand to five thousand dollars a month. Shifting in a different direction, 
let's stick with the the pillow company example. You know, I'm selling high end pillows, but let's assume that maybe the business is doing two million in annual revenue. Uh, at this point, you know, we we've been running meta ads for the past twelve months. That we're fairly profitable on it, but we really want to figure out, hey, you know, how do we get ten to thirty percent better performance out of it? Uh, what are some of the most common things that you'll see when you go in and you audit those existing meta ads accounts? One thing to that that is really important, even at a higher level, is not splitting up your budget too much between campaigns, ad set, and, and ads. So even if you're spending, let's say, like a hundred thousand dollars a month, there's still a lot to to be a lot to win by by consolidating your budget to make sure that you have a clean structure. So you might want to run for, for instance, an automatic shopping campaign uh, where you you can steer the split between your existing customers and your new customers. So you might want to do like a 25% split on the people that have bought previously uh, and visited your page within the last sort of 180 days. And then uh, the rest, like let's say 80, 80 to 75% will be spent on your new clients. Um, and also make sure that you're, you know, evaluating the right KPIs. So obviously, like if growth is, is the goal and if it's profitable growth, the, the KPI that you want to be looking at is, you know, your, your, your customer purchase. If we, if we talk about the meta platform now, I, I would say, like, make sure that you have your columns right in your report section. Look at your clicks, your click through rate. You might want to use your CPM costs, although uh, the correlation between CPM costs and your actual ROAS on a specific ad is not necessarily, they're not 100% correlated. So I would say the most important ones are probably your, your, your cost per purchase, cost per add to cart, and the ROAS on your, um, uh, your each campaign and each ad. And then, uh, but obviously, like, there's a lot of, there's a, it's a bit of a black box, even though we, we talk a lot about, you know, data-driven marketing and, and tracking and all that, there's, there's a lot of discrepancies between the systems. So you always got to optimize your campaigns and your, your, your sales funnel based off of your P&L. You know, you got you to gotta look at what the actual numbers are and do that on a sort of, not just on a monthly basis, but on a daily basis. Talk to me a little about the tools you'd recommend for someone who's looking to self-manage. What might be easier to do, mm -hmm. you let me know if it's more straightforward this way, is perhaps we break it into, you know, let's assume we have that solo business owner. They're spending uh, 2000 US a month on Facebook ads. What are some of the tools you would recommend for them? And then similarly, does that tool set shift in your experience once you get to that point where... You know, maybe you you have a dedicated person on the team, or you know, maybe you're even spending ten hours a week, and part of your job is managing a, you know, fifty to hundred k US dollar per month ad spend with Meta Ads. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would I would say like in that early stage, you're pretty fine. You know, you're pretty well off with using the the Facebook, uh, the the ads manager section and the business manager section. You might be on Shopify where you have, you know, you have your, your dashboard where you can follow up on actual sales. You're going to have to set up, you know, your, um, uh, your Google Analytics account, your GA4 account. And obviously keep track of that on a daily basis as well. And you might want to do one dashboard where you look at your actual sales numbers uh, and, and where you've sort of, you know, gone through them and made sure that they're, they're, they're correct. Um, 
and you might want to connect like a Google Sheet to uh, a Looker Studio uh, dashboard, for instance, and make sure that you're sort of, you know, one way to to attribute the two. Or if you if it's difficult to attribute, at least like okay, I've increased my budget in Meta. It says that I'm getting you know two times the money that I spend. Uh, I can see that I get a lot of clicks to the website, uh, but see how that reflects on your actual PNL on a you know weekly, daily basis. I love it. I love it. No, this has been so insightful. Thank you for sharing all this today. Um, last question I have for you is how can people both A, best get in touch with you and B, um, learn about other resources that you're putting out down the road? Yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty easy to just follow me on LinkedIn or, or, or connect on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Nils Nordström. Um, you could probably provide a link maybe or just send me an email at nils at fluxdigital at I love it. I love it. And we'll add some of those links to the show notes as well. Nils, thank you for coming on. This was incredible today. Thank you, Pat. Pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to Customer Growth Sessions. If you found it helpful, subscribe and give us a review. It helps us to grow the show. Looking for more SEO guidance on how to grow your business? Contact us at innergrowth.com slash estimator or email me directly. You can reach me at pat at intergrowth.com. That's all for today. We'll see you again soon.